First it was a book and a movie, then it won an Academy Award and recently a Nobel Prize. What's next for Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth? How about an opera? And what about the prospects for the global warming bill up for vote next week? Also, a federal judge ruled a controversial Farmer's Branch Ordinance is unconstitutional. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. The planet has a fever. There he goes again. It's Al Gore on 60 Minutes this weekend comparing those who deny global warming to flat earthers. I think that those uh, people are in such a tiny, tiny minority now uh, with their point of view. They're almost like the ones who still believe that the moon landing was staged in a movie lot in Arizona, uh, and those who believe the Earth is, is flat. All right, in just a moment, we're going to talk with an expert about this claim that global warming deniers are in denial. Also, are you planning to be part of the Carbon Belch Day? Well, stay tuned to find out what that's about. And there's going to be an opera about Gore's book, An Inconvenient Truth, and there's a bill, a global warming bill, pending in the Senate. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But a gay marriage update. California plans to start issuing gay marriage licenses next month. More in this report by Bryant Thomas. California will begin issuing gay marriage licenses on the 17th of next month. But a group opposed to gay marriage has asked the state Supreme Court to put off its May 15th ruling, allowing gay marriage until after the November election. That's when it will try to have voters likely face a ballot initiative to define marriage as a union between man and woman. All right, that's California. What about New York? Here's Bryant Thomas reporting in New York that the governor is directing state agencies to recognize so-called gay marriage from other states. Governor David Patterson has directed state agencies to start recognizing legal gay marriages from other states and countries. Patterson is concerned that failure to do so would violate New York's human rights law. One opponent declined to comment on Patterson's move, but the Civil Liberties Union is hailing the order. All right, we're going to stay on top of this story. It's going to be fascinating to see if this issue will be nationalized for the federal elections. There's no doubt where Barack Obama stands on the issue of gay marriage. There is some doubt still about John McCain. He's been against it. He's been for it. He's been against it. We'll stay on top of this story and keep you up to date. But first, news out today that Al Gore's book, An Inconvenient Truth, 
which became a movie, is now set to become an opera. And he has said over the weekend that if you are a global warming skeptic, you're to be compared to those who believe in the flat earth or those who deny that we went to the moon. With us to talk about it is Mark Morano. He's communications director for the U.S. Senate Committee on the Environment and Public Works. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you, Jerry. Happy to be here. All right, Mark. What do you make of Gore's claim on Sunday on CBS that if we're skeptical, uh, we're just like those people who don't believe in the moon landing? Uh, Gore is growing increasingly desperate. He's been trying to label, smear, besmirch, whatever word you want to use, any scientist who doesn't toe the planetary emergency line. And what we're finding out here, and literally, you can go to epw.senate.gov, click on the picture of Senator Inhofe, and look at our white papers section. We are documenting, I, you know, it's hard to give an exact number averaged out, but somewhere between two and five scientists per week that Al Gore has essentially driven out uh, to publicly now dissent from the United Nations and Al Gore. Let's pause there, because I want to repeat that, epw.senate.gov. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And then because can... people are saying, well, there are no scientists out there, there are no studies, there are no peer-reviewed studies, and you document this on that website. Yeah, and it's, it's updated, and it's over 400 we started with. We're over 500 now. Wow. Uh, and it's not just names. It's actually their title, affiliation, bio, web links, and exact quotes of each and every scientist. You hear them in their own words. This is not a list. This is a report. And it has just been devastating to the other side. We have in that report now uh, over 10 times the number of scientists who, uh, who wrote the U.N. Summary for Policymakers. It's always cited. There's only 52 scientists. There's supposed thousands are affiliated with it. Uh, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. It, 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 when you look at what's happened just with Al Gore and hurricanes, two of the scientists, a man named Tom Knutson and also Kerry Emanuel, that Gore has cited as you know, global warming is going to cause hurricanes, we'll have more Katrinas, have now essentially both reconsidered their positions. Gore is still towing this science from five years ago, four years ago. The scientists he's quoted are now recanted, essentially, reconsidered their position, and now saying there's, if anything, global warming will lessen the number of hurricanes. Across the board, peer-reviewed studies showing global warming will stop, has stopped since 1998, no significant warming since 95. We're looking at another decade or more of, of uh, flat temperatures. This has got them beside themselves to the point now where they're claiming there was no Ice Age scare in the 70s. They're now claiming there was no global cooling after World War II. They're trying to revise back numbers. I mean, they are absolutely... And when I say they, I mean the tens of billions of dollars, certain scientists, the environmental movement, uh, political leaders, they are so invested in scaring people, it's not working. Al Gore is now spending $300 million to try to convince people by putting uh, politicians on a, a sofas in front of the Capitol to convince them that you know, we face a planetary emergency. Well, if an Oscar, a Nobel Prize, a media, tens of billions of dollars aren't going to do it. A, a measly $300 million aren't going to do it either. Mark, now you mentioned since 98 we've actually been cooling since well, 98. We've actually, no significant warming since 95. We haven't exceeded the temperature in 98. We have had a slight, you know, some would say statistically insignificant cooling uh, over like the 10-year period. But recent years we have cooled. In fact, April continued that cooling trend that we had wow. over the winter. Let me ask uh, you about this report in Nature magazine. Have you seen this where they're predicting that trend will continue for another 10 or 15 years. Yeah, that's, the, that's a German scientist, and this is you know, the activist at a website called Real Climate. 
uh, you know, who work with NASA's James Hansen. They're just beside themselves. They're doing climate bets. They're all upset. These are these are major mainstream scientists doing this, coming out basically and saying that you know you know you know what CO2 is not the overwhelming driving force that Al Gore, the United Nations, has implied. None of the recent weather patterns are are matching the scenarios of the UN climate models. This is just, it's, it's absolutely amazing to watch this happen before our eyes as the, the promoters of climate fear, man-made climate fear, are just running around now. You've got Gore just trying to sling any accusation. You have peer-reviewed study after peer-reviewed study. We're finding out the oceans have cooled. They're now trying to switch the game. They're saying, oh, we, we have to actually worry about ocean acidification, which other scientists are now debunking. They don't want to talk about temperature because they don't have the temperatures to talk about. They don't want to talk about um, uh, you know, hurricanes because they don't have that anymore. They don't even want to talk about climate models. Before, you know, we used to look at the Earth and say, well, it's well within natural variability. Even the New York Times has admitted that. Uh, even a lot of the climate alarmists admitted it. Now, they always had to fall back on the, you know, the, the computer model scenarios of the future, which they could scare people. And now, as you mentioned in, in the journal Nature, even those models are now failing. Right. They can't even get the predictions, let alone you know, real-world observations to support them. Now their computers are failing them, so they're really in a bad spot. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Our guest, Mark Moreno, he's Communications Director for the U.S. Senate Committee on the Environment and Public Works. Mark, let me ask you if it's apropos this week that when we're really gone to the sub- from the sublime to the ridiculous, we've got the idea now that this will be opera, and we've also got uh, a report today that uh, there are some global warming skeptics plotting a carbon belch day. What do you make of these two developments? Well, the, the opera is very interesting. I think it's a great marketing. I could just hear, you know, the... Uh you know the songs. You know it's probably going to be a you know a, a horror horror show. They're going to be scaring people about you know rising CO2 level. I'm sure there's going to be flames and it's going to have all the the fire and brimstone of an Al Gore speech. And I think it's a brilliant marketing uh, tool. I just don't know if anyone's actually going to sit through it. It's going to be in Italian. Uh, very interesting. Again, great marketing. As far as the carbon belt state, that's a conservative grassroots group. I believe called GrassFire.org. Yes. And they are out there. They're having fun. I mean, this is—it's sarcasm. It's—it's it's to make a point. They're not actually advocating that people go out and just burn and waste energy. Yeah. They're doing this as a point to show that all this symbolism is instilling guilt and fear. They're indoctrinating kids. You got kids participating in Earth Hour, all worried about the the state of our planet. You have fourth grade classes issuing, you know, global warming is a is a global disaster. Issuing reports on a fourth grade class. Uh, and we've documented this again on our website. Uh, you have Leonardo DiCaprio targeting children. You have Lori David, Gore's producer, targeting it. All of these kind of little symbolic, pointless gestures to the earth, they're trying to make fun of now by having carbon belch where they're going to encourage everyone to use as much energy as possible uh, just to, to have a satirical point. Mark, when are we going to have the debate or a debate? I saw that the Czech president this week Klaus challenged Al Gore to a debate. Uh, do you think he will ever step up to the podium and have a debate with anyone on this the top subject? The closest Al Gore has come to debating is on your show, Jerry, and that is when you play the audio clips of Al Gore and then you <laughs> ask me for a response. That's about as close as Al Gore has come to debating this issue. Uh, he he will not debate. You're right. The Czech president just came out and uh, and once again uh, challenged Gore to debate. We've had uh, the co-author of Global Natural Global Warming Every 1500 Years, Dennis Singer, Avery, challenge him. We've had 
editor of Junk Science Challenge, and we've had Lord Monckton from the U.K., former Margaret Thatcher advisor, challenge Gore. We've had Bjorn Lomborg challenge him, the Danish scientist. It goes on and on. Gore will not will not talk to him. He'll only talk to friendly media. Mm. Interestingly enough, though, we are coming down in the United States Senate next week, the Lieberman-Warner Global Warming Bill. This is a bill that's going to have the largest expansion of the federal government since Roosevelt's New Deal, or Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. And despite what we just talked about on the science, despite all of that, uh, they're going to try to get this bill. And what we're finding now is that you know this bill is probably not going to go anywhere this year. And the American people, according to Gallup polling, are no more afraid of man-made global warming or concerned about it than they were in 1989. So after almost two decades of media-driven fear, Al Gore, the United Nations, the, uh, and the uh, tens of billions of dollars, the American people are unmoved by all of that. Some would say you know, the more alarmism leads to more skepticism. Well, Mark, you keep fighting the good fight up there at the Senate. We thank you for being with us. We'll have you back on again. Good. And tell all your listeners to contact your senators because we're going to have a big fight. You know, and again, it starts next week. It'll be all over the news. It'll be headline news, even in all the local papers and all across America. This will be big news. The first time a global warming bills come up before the U.S. Senate in at least three years. All right, folks, and if you want to get this information, it's epw.senate.gov. You can get all of these studies, peer-reviewed studies, um, scientists saying why they're skeptical about the global warming hysteria claims that you hear from Al Gore. Now, we're going to open up the lines in a few minutes, 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. I have another story here. Uh, a majority of Southern Baptist Convention pastors believe the media has overstated the threat of global warming. I want to ask you that question. Do you believe the media has overstated the, the claim, the threat of so-called global warming? 800-881-9270. Or what about Carbon Belch Day? June 12 is the day. You're supposed to host a barbecue, go for a drive, watch television, leave a few lights on, or smoke a few cigars. Well, this is a group called grassfire.org. They want you to waste energy. They want to help Americans break free from the carbon footprint guilt being imposed by climate alarmists. Do you think this is a serious idea? Do you take it seriously? Would you participate? 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. We're going to talk later about the immigration controversy in Farmer's Branch. We're also going to hear a fascinating soundbite from Dr. W.A. Criswell later in the program. You don't want to miss it. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. I'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. We do not have time to play around with this. We do not have the luxury of making it a political football and, and exercising politics as usual. Well, he is making it a political football. Al Gore is saying the case is closed. You're either on my side or you're a flat earther, or you're like those who deny that we went to the moon. He doesn't want to debate. He doesn't want to discuss the facts. But we're not in an emergency. We do have some time to think about this because since 1998, we've had no warming. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking about all these news stories today on global warming. The skeptics are planning a carbon belch day. Are you going to participate in that? 800-881-9270. Southern Baptist pastors have been polled. That poll came out today that says a majority of these pastors believe the media is overstating the threat of global warming. What do you have to say about it? Let's go to the lines. Frank on from Little Elm. Frank, thanks for calling. What's your view? Oh, hi, Dr. Johnson. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, By the way, I just love your show. Thanks. Um, you know, uh, to, to your question on is the media overstating it, I mean, the media has overstated everything, in my opinion, that breeds more governmental control. Mm. And I think that, to me, is the issue. If you look at the Kyoto Protocol, one of the main, main issues that President Bush was against it was, first of all, you couldn't get the international community to join it. In, in mass, like China and India wouldn't join it. And then secondly, on top of all of that, the enormous cost to American corporations, the burden, is astronomical. And I think that, to me, is just more telling than anything. The media always overstates that, which breeds more governmental control, which I'm against. And to me, I think they're way overstating the case. You know, Frank, if you'll remember, Jacques Chirac, before he left out uh, France as prime minister, said, look, global warming is going to be the way we finally get world government. This is going to be the issue on which we can get uh, real force, real control in terms of international law, international government, big government. Doesn't sound good, does it? No, it doesn't. I agree. It's absolutely pointing to world government, which is very scary. Hey, thanks, Frank. Let's go sure. on to Andy from Carrollton. Andy, thank you so much for calling and holding. What's your view? Well, I certainly agree with, with uh, what's been said, that it's overstated, that it's a, it's a bunch of baloney, if you will. And I really kind of had a question that I wish I could ask a, a scientist or, or somebody. Um, the other night we were watching the ABC World News, and yes. they had this supposed special about some seal shortages that are going on in the uh, Antarctica. Yes. And they had these people up there that were in this four-foot hole with a metal uh, measuring rod. They had no gloves on. They had nothing on their face. They were basically wearing very light jackets. There's no condensation coming from their mouth when they talk. And they're showing all this water and just a little bit of ice and saying, you know, this is this huge global warming problem. Right. And I'm sitting here watching this and wondering if they're in a zoo somewhere close to Dallas or something. Because, <laughs> I mean, seriously, there was just too many inconsistencies. I mean, even in the summertime, the Arctic is pretty cold, I'm thinking. Am I right here? Well, uh, I think it's an interesting question. There have been some... Um frauds in this reporting that has been revealed. I would recommend the book by Avery and Singer. Avery and Singer, they've written a book, Unstoppable Global Warming Every 1500 Years. And what that shows, Andy, is that this is cyclical. And so even if the North Pole 
uh, is melting. Even if the ice caps are melting, uh, this is cyclical. And we can go back a thousand years, 1,500 years, and uh, we can talk about places like Greenland and England and even Iceland where there was farming and um, a thriving sort of a warm weather type of a climate, environment, economy, agriculture, and uh, they document it all well in this book. And uh, so even if it is happening, we have heard other scientists say, well, why it's thinning at the edge, it's thickening in the middle, particularly in South, uh, the South Pole in Antarctica. We've got Brian on the line from Louisville. Brian, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Well, I was going to talk about Al Gore. Um, it just can't, it seems like there's more and more proof to prove that this global warming is wrong kind of thing. And it's like, I was wondering, well, why is he pushing this agenda? And I think, and maybe you've hinted on that in two calls earlier, something about maybe the world government, maybe like this one world government type of theory. But I guess what it shows to me is just how scary uh, worldly, you know, politicians can be with, you know, who pushed their agendas, even in the midst of all this contrary evidence, how they continue to push uh, these kind of policies or, um, you know, these kind of things. And it's just kind of scary to me with the, you know, the big, even big other pictures of, of other things, too. Yeah, Brian. You know, what else are they pushing? You know, they pushing? You know and it makes, I guess it may help, makes us, we have to be very aware as, like, I guess, consumers or as regular people. Well, it's the old story of utopia. That is, to create utopia, actually, you you have to change so much and force so much and control so much that you end up creating hell instead of utopia. And I think that's the problem with liberalism in general, big government in general. It says, look, that man's problems are education or regulation and that government is always the solution. Where the Christian worldview comes up and says, wait, the fundamental problems are spiritual. The fundamental problems are sin. And uh, the, the, the main solutions aren't to be found in government. The main solutions are to be found in matters of the spirit, uh, the church, the kingdom of God, the gospel and individual responsibility. But this is an opportunity for those who believe in bigger government to say, oh, we've got a crisis and we've got to harness government and change the way we're you know, regulating energy, uh, business, and this is their opportunity. Uh, let's listen again to Al Gore uh, make, again, a crazy kind of a claim. If you look at the 10 hottest years ever measured, they've all occurred in the last 14 years. Hottest of all was 2005. Well, that's just absolutely a lie. The hottest year ever goes back into the early 1930s, as I recall. The head of NASA has corrected that claim. The hottest year goes back to the early 1930s. In fact, there are two other hottest years that go back into that period, not at all in the 80s or the 90s. And if you look at the last 10 years, from 1998 to 2008, there has been no warming. In fact, a slight cooling. You could make an argument for slight cooling. Gore is just wrong. That's why he won't debate the Czech president, Klaus. And uh, that's why he's now resorting uh, to opera. He did not win the Nobel Science Prize. There is a science prize, I remind you. He won the Peace Prize, which is based upon politics and uh, just sort of your intentions. Well, we've got Glenn on the line from Middleothian. Glenn, what do you make of all this? Well, I'm not too sure about all the politics side of it, but I know that we we serve a God that's going to take care of this planet. He, mm. he made it to take care of itself, and all this global warming nonsense is kind of 
ludicrous in my my thinking. Mm. Well, uh, that's an excellent point, Glenn, and I think we need to get to that. So let's talk for a moment. You know, we've got these Southern Baptist pastors coming out to say, look, the media has overblown this. And uh, uh, Cal Beisner of the Cornwall Alliance uh, said, quote, we're here to say evangelicals as a whole, evangelicals even as a significant part, have not suddenly embraced man-made catastrophic global warming alarmism. And uh, I want to tell you, there are a lot of weathermen out there that haven't either. I want you to listen to this sound from CNN, because uh, in Great Britain, there was a judge that looked at Gore's movie and said, look, our schools cannot show this movie unless they put out a disclaimer, because he found at least nine falsehoods or misrepresentations. And I want you to hear this story and hear the weatherman on CNN reacting to this story. The case stems from a father who accused the government of brainwashing kids with propaganda by showing Gore's film in the classroom. Schools may have to issue a warning before they show students the controversial movie about global warming. Finally, finally. <laughs> Somebody so, come, you, so you don't agree? Oh, there are definitely some inaccuracies. And, you know, the Oscars, they give out awards for fictional films as well. Well, the biggest thing I have a problem with is his, his implication that Katrina was caused by global warming. And there's a number of studies that have been out, and they're really the jury is still out. Global warming does not conclusively cause stronger hurricanes like we've seen. All right, well, that's the weatherman from CNN. The founder of the Weather Channel has also challenged Al Gore. He intends to sue Al Gore, and uh, there are just more and more books piling up. I've got one sitting here in front of me by Dr. Roy Spencer, University of Alabama. He's written a book, Climate Confusion, and he's the one who says, look, the, in the South Pole, uh, the, the ice is thickening, why it may be thinning at the edges. Another new book just came out you might want to look at, Ian Murray, the Really Inconvenient Truths, Seven Environmental Catastrophes Liberals Don't Want You to Know About Because They Help Cause Them. Fascinating topic, and we'll probably have him on soon. Another book called The Deniers by Lawrence Solomon, the world-renowned scientist who stood up against global warming, hysteria, political persecution, and fraud. And, of course, I remembered uh, mentioned Singer and Avery earlier, Unstoppable global warming every 1,500 years. Now, I want to remind you, ever since Adam and Eve sinned, the earth has been cursed naturally. And it's not karma and Sharon Stone, but it's sin. And there is a curse on this earth. And the Apostle Paul addresses tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes in Romans when he says the creation will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Paul is describing a day of redemption for the earth, as well as human beings who've come to know Jesus Christ, a day of redemption, a a day of renewal. Peter talks about different ways the earth has existed before the flood, one kind of earth, After the flood, another kind of earth, but someday a new earth. And Christians know that we're not going to save the earth. Jesus Christ will come to rule and to reign, and He's going to do something special to this earth. And uh, we look not to Washington, but we look to the God of heaven and earth for that kind of redemption. Well, when we come back, Farmer's Branch again... In the news about illegal immigration, we'll talk about it.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Iraq is increasingly a functioning state. The question is, can it be a capable and functioning state? All right, that's Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. She's talking about the progress in Iraq. She was in Stockholm, and absolutely, um, the death counts are the lowest that they've been in the last four years. There have been great positive changes made in Iraq. The major media not really uh, headlining that story like they ought to. But locally, Farmers Branch is in the news again. Now, you'll remember last year, uh, the Farmers Branch Council passed an ordinance and it would have barred apartment rentals to illegal immigrants. It required landlords to verify legal status. Everybody said, oh, this sounds reasonable. But wait a minute. A federal judge yesterday struck down this vote by the residents and the council and says only the federal government can regulate immigration. That's U.S. District Judge Sam A. Lindsay. Let's talk to an immigration expert about this development. On the line, we have Michael Cutler. He's a fellow with the Center for Immigration Studies, a former special special agent with the INS. Uh, Michael, thank you for being back on. Jerry, it's always a pleasure to join you. And uh, yeah, this thing with Farmer's Branch is a little bit uh, disappointing. You know, I I visited Farmer's Branch twice, once when the uh, the debates were being held in the run-up to the local vote on that ordinance. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. I hope that they, uh, they, they appeal that decision. I don't think that this is about the local government regulating immigration. Mm. You know, to, to establish regulations, I, I would agree with the court, because immigration is a federal issue. But you don't need to establish banking regulations to arrest a bank robber. Yes. We're talking about people who are illegally present in the United States. And to say that this is something that only the federal government can do, well then, if that's the case, employers can't determine whether or not someone's a legal or illegal alien either. So we might as well give up on the idea of the I-9s and any effort to determine who we're giving jobs to. So you're saying if you follow this logic on out, any federal law... um, basically would not have to be followed at the state level, the county level, or the city level on any issue. That's right. And, you know, when I testified before the New York State Senate about the driver's license issue, the now defunct Governor Spitzer, who kind of tripped on his own nose or some other anatomical part, (laughs) um, you know, look, uh, they were saying, well, this is a federal responsibility. They failed. We're not going to do it on the state level. I said, wait a moment. The narcotics that comes across the border that are sold on street corners throughout America, most of the drugs being sold come across the same border that provides access to the illegal aliens. Are the state legislators willing to end immediately all local and state narcotics investigations? Well... When we and come, obviously, the answer was a bunch of these guys panicked. A bunch of the members of the United, of the New yes. York State Senate panicked because they had no response for that. Mm-hmm. These are more excuses that make absolutely no sense when you stop and think about what they're really saying. Uh, and, and by the way, if you get to rent an apartment to somebody, don't you want to know who you're renting to? I used to rent property. <clears throat> you get a bad tenant, you've got a world of problems. You want to do a credit check. You want to know that the guy isn't a criminal. You want to know that he's not a deadbeat. And part of it is to know whether or not the guy's an illegal alien. That's why when the police say, well, 
We don't want our local cops dealing with immigration. This goes to the issue of likelihood of flight. Illegal aliens are much more likely to flee if they're released on bail than as a citizen who's connected to the community. And you want to know where was your last place of residence, and did you pay up there? <laughs> you're not. You're not going to exactly. Know. Uh, How are you supporting yourself? What's hmm. your What's your weekly earnings? These are questions that any reasonable landlord would want to ask a prospective tenant before they give the guy a lease on an apartment. All right, we've seen this out in California with the gay marriage issue. Here we see it again. The will of the people completely subverted by one judge. Uh, what you're saying is Farmers Branch could appeal this, and they ought to. I hope they will. I'm going to call them this evening and find out what's going on. But, you know, again, folks, government requires participation. When you go to a restaurant, I've used this analogy countless times, and we go to restaurants, we're very specific about how we want our meal prepared. I want a cheeseburger, and I want Swiss cheese, and I want it medium well, and I want a cherry Coke, not a plain Coke, and so forth. <laughs> well, we've got to do the same thing with the politicians. They're supposed to represent us. They can't represent us if they don't hear from us. When two years ago, hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens who should not even be in our country and their supporters stood on street corners chanting, say, Puerto, yes, I can. Boy, could you ever thumb your nose at anybody more effectively? And now Mr. Obama, of course, has picked that up as his own war cry. Yes, I can. say, Puerto, my goodness. Why were there no Americans opposing this? Wow. We will lose our country by default and by apathy, and that will be a terrible outcome for this country. Let me ask you this, Michael. What do you sure. make of the two leading candidates now, their policy on illegal immigration, Obama-McCain? Uh, I'm not particularly uh, religious, but God help us. <laughs> you know? Wow. I, I, I mean, look, John McCain was the co-author of the McCain-Kennedy bill, and Obama wants to give illegal aliens everything, driver's licenses, official lawful status, and so forth. And if you look at the statements that John McCain has made, uh, he's an illusionist. I, I don't know why David Copperfield doesn't run for public office, because he is a true illusionist. <laughs> uh, it was McCain who said... Yes, we've got to first secure the borders because that's what the people want, and then we'll deal with the 12 million by giving them what we said they should have all along. Well, what did he say all along? Amnesty. And who would he wow. go to to determine whether or not the borders were secured? The governors of the border states, people like Governor Richardson of New Mexico, who recently told the State Department to stop saying that it's dangerous to go to Mexico, even though Mexico has suffered more than 4,000 fatalities since Calderon took office in just two short years. Uh, I mean, you know, we've seen Americans getting kidnapped inside the United States. We, the problem with the drug trade right now is that the cartels have so much money because so much narcotics is flowing into America, and what flows back to Mexico on the, on the reverse trip is all of our greenbacks, the dollars. Well, you know, they have so much money in the cartels that they are buying soldiers, they are buying cops, they are buying judges and politicians and weapons. We've had Mexican police chiefs seeking political asylum in the United States. This wow. is destabilizing the Mexican government, and the Mexican government sits on our doorstep. How we can continue to ignore this, and how John McCain could still keep pounding the issue about free trade when we have a, a real threat to our national security, uh, it blows my mind, I have to tell you, Jerry. I mean, I, there's such a disconnect here. And most Americans sit out to dance. They're more concerned with who's winning Dancing with the Stars than what the politicians are doing on the state, federal, and local level. And, and, and the media is incomprehensible. The media sitting on so many of these stories that you've mentioned we've just not heard in the mainstream media. Let me ask you this, because I've heard this report. I want to know if it's true. Okay. I have heard that uh, with the economic slowdown, 
that there's been some slowdown in illegal immigration. Is it significant? Is that true? Well, it's hard to tell, uh, you know, because it's hard to count the number that we're not sure of. Right. It's entirely possible. It may be that less money is leaving the United States. It may be that fewer illegal aliens are coming. But, you know, so what that really means is if we screw up America badly enough, America will no longer be the desired destination for illegal aliens. They'll go elsewhere. Mm. Uh, That's kind of a looter mentality. That isn't the mentality of people that want to come and build their lives and build our country. That's the mentality of people who come here saying, what can I get? How quick can I get it? I want to take it home with me. Uh, This isn't good for anybody. I think immigration is a wonderful thing for America. My mother, may she rest in peace, was an immigrant. But the difference between an immigrant and an illegal alien is the difference between a house guest and a burglar. Mm. And if we can't control our borders, then we're in deep trouble. You know, we've got 20 million people in our country right now whose identities are unknown and unknowable. We don't even know their nationality. Consequently, we don't know their criminal histories or with whom they may be affiliated, terrorist, criminal, or gang organizations. And to put it in perspective, if there's, in fact, 20 million illegal aliens in the United States, that's more than a million times the number of terrorists who attacked our nation on 9-11, just 19 terrorists. Mm. So if one illegal, if there's one terrorist per million illegal aliens, then we have more potential terrorists right now in our country than we had on September 11, mm. 2001. And I'm sure the numbers are much higher than one in a million. We're really not serious about that war on terror. Let me encourage you for a second here, Michael, because sure. um, we do believe... Uh, in the Christian worldview here. And John F. Kennedy, when uh, he was shot in Dallas, he was scheduled to make that speech at the Merchandise Mart. And that speech, you can go to that uh, JFK Library website, and it says this. He he put in there a, a verse from the Psalms, and it was, Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord keep the city, they labor in vain. And uh, we do believe... Um, that we can trust the providence, the sovereignty of God. But also, Kennedy said in his inauguration, God's work is our own. And I think that's what you're pointing out, is that the people, the people need to rise up and demand of their politicians that they do the right thing when it comes to illegal immigration. Well, my, my mom used to, she was quite religious, and she used to say that God helps those who help themselves. And you know, we, uh, people are in awe of politicians. You know, the president comes to town with Secret Service and Air Force One. The thing to remember is these folks all work for us. Mm. We employ them. And if you have an employee, then it's the task of the employer to supervise their employees. And we don't do it. We send senators to Washington for six years for a cushy job with lots <laughs> of perks and lots of wonderful whatever. But the bottom line is we need to make certain that they know what it is we expect them to do when they go to work. And when you can see members of Congress right now in the face of Americans saying we want our border secure, talking about yet another amnesty, my goodness gracious, we are doing a lousy job as supervisors where our elected representatives are concerned. And I'll tell you, the battle on immigration will be won or lost, not in the White House, because we know that none of the three candidates that have the one of them will be the next president, really want to do what's right here. So the only way we're going to secure our borders is by applying the appropriate pressure to the members of the United States Congress and the members of the United States Senate. And that's the work Americans must do if we go to protect our All right, we're almost out of time. I have to ask you, Michael. Sure. Do you vote Republican or Democrat? I'm a regular.
registered Democrat. This isn't a conservative issue. Yeah. It's an American issue. Illegal immigration exploits of, of vulnerable people, and it hammers the American worker and endangers national security. It's an American issue, Jerry. Thanks so much for having me on today. Thanks, Michael. We'll talk to you later. Michael Be Cutler, well. a fellow with the Center for Immigration Studies, and he's a Democrat. Up next, Dr. Criswell, you will not believe this sound. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Well, that was powerful. Michael Cutler on immigration. He was on a roll, and I remind you, he is a Democrat uh, this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. It's an American issue that folks ought to follow the law. Also earlier today, Mark Morano. That was hot as well. Uh, and I want to remind you of his website, epw.senate.gov. If you want to see the facts about so-called global warming, go to this website, epw.senate.gov. It's all free. But if you thought Mark Morano was hot, if you thought Michael Cutler was hot, you ain't heard nothing yet, because we're about to play Dr. W.A. Criswell. Now, let me remind you of something. We have started a new broadcast on KCBI, KCRN, and KSYE, and it's called WACriswell.com. And this Friday, this Sunday night, this Sunday night, again, you can tune in every Sunday night at 7 o'clock to hear Dr. W.A. Criswell. He was the longtime pastor of First Baptist Church Dallas. He was the leader of the conservative resurgence in the Southern Baptist Convention. He was the founder and first president and chancellor of Criswell College, one of the greatest preachers of all time. I think the greatest preacher in America, pastor in the last hundred years, incredible ministry. And we're playing these sermons every Sunday night at 7 o'clock. You can listen to thousands of these sermons if you go to the website, wacriswell.com. But I'm going to give you a little snippet, a little reward for tuning in today. And uh, when you hear this sermon, because Dr. Criswell is preaching in 1985 at the Good Street Baptist Church here in Dallas. That's a black church, an African-American church. And what you'll catch in 1985, Dr. Criswell is 76 years old. What are you going to be doing when you're 76? Think about that for a minute. What are you doing now if you're 76 years old? Well, you listen to the energy, the zeal, and the passion. Dr. Criswell here is preaching a message on Jesus Christ, his supremacy, the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And right now he's bearing down on a point, 
how Jesus Christ is preeminent in redemption or salvation or in the atonement for our sins. Here's Dr. W.A. Criswell. By Him, the fullness of redemption flows from the wounds of Calvary to the ends of the earth and to the last man who will ever turn and believe. By Him, I say, in the divine providence, in the divine scheme of things, there are some things that are accorded for archangels to do. There are some things accorded for the seraphim and the cherubim to do. There are some things assigned to the ministering spirits of God to do. There are some things that are assigned for man to do. But there's one thing that no one else could do except our Lord, and that was to save us by His blood from our sins. He alone could do that. There is no substitute for Jesus. None. A man can't run like a deer. And a man invented and substituted a car, an automobile. A man can't fly like an eagle. And they invented and substituted an airplane. A man can't swim like a fish. And they invented and substituted a submarine. But when we were lost and undone, there's no substitute for Jesus Christ. Not at all. He alone is able to save us. There is no sacrificial animal, and there is no slaughtered bullock, and there is no bleeding bird, and there is no running stream, and there's no scarlet hyssop, and there's no incrimson wool that can wash away our sins. Only He can forgive us and make us clean and white. All right. And we find in Him all the fullness of the Godhead, all of the grace, all of forgiveness, all the redemption to make us all clean and white and pure that we might walk in His presence on those golden streets in heaven. We need nothing else. My brother, don't bring a pail of water to the river of life. You don't need it. Don't bring a sandwich to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You don't need it. Don't bring a basket of summer fruit to hang on the branches of the tree of life. You don't need it. Don't bring, don't bring to the glorious, glorious heaven itself. Don't bring a trinket to add to the streets of gold or a string of cheap pearls to adorn the knobs of the gates of heaven. All we have, we find in Christ. Our all-sufficient Savior. God bless you. All right. You want to hear the rest of that message? 7 o'clock, Sunday night, KCBI, KSYA, KCRN, 7 o'clock, WACrystal.com, every Sunday night. This sermon will be featured this Sunday night on all three radio stations. Dr. Criswell preaching on the preeminence of Christ. And I want to read the passage of Scripture that he's preaching from. It is in Colossians. Jesus, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him 
all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, the preeminence of Jesus Christ. You'll want to hear that sermon at 7 o'clock this Sunday night, wacriswell.com, or go to the website, wacriswell.com. Well, let me tell you, the message is powerful, and that is that Jesus is God in the flesh. The God-man, fully God and fully man. Why did he come like that? So that we could have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He had to become a man so that he could take the sin debt, the sin punishment, the sin penalty that you deserve, that I deserve. God became a man that he might take the sin of man on that cross The Bible says our sins were nailed to his body on the tree. And you can be forgiven. You can be cleansed. You can be changed. You can have a new kind of life because Jesus Christ died for our sins on that cross. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He was seen by hundreds of people. And it proves that God accepted that payment. It proves that he was the Son of God. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, repent acknowledge your sin, your need of a Savior, and turn to Jesus. Simply look to Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Turn to Jesus and live. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do it today. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.